Welcome to the Backstairs Podcast, where friends become family, and then they talk about theater things for a long time. This is John. I'm Aaron. And I'm Scott. And this week is our first week ever. So, uh, Ooh. welcome. Ooh. This is a show. Oh, dang it. Wrong one. of the shows. <laughs> Uh, we are here because we have a love of theater, community theater, whether it be plays or musicals. We've been around the block, I feel, like the three of us in different ways and fashions. And um, we know each other because of our local theater group, Oompa, Oxford Hills Music and Performing Arts Association, which we all happen to be board members of. Yes, we are board members of Oompa, some of us longer than others. Aaron here is our newest member of the Oompa board. Yeah, no, and I'm excited to be here, guys. Thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast. I feel like what I bring to the table um, is if it was a, a really big table, I would probably be like a stick of butter on the, the table. Um, but Fattening, I, necessary. Yeah, I mean, can you cook without butter? No, necessary. No, Can't I don't do think it. So. so. I mean, maybe the salt as well. <laughs> I'm definitely not as... as uh, as important as salt. You add the flavor. You can be you my, can be my gravy. Maybe you guys need me here more than <laughs> I need to be here. Then you need to be here, yes. Uh, but with theater comes love and drama and hate. No, I'm just kidding. We only pretend to hate. And drama. Uh, tonight, we want to talk about some of the little bit behind the scenes Things that come up to play, and I wanted to talk about maximum effort. Maximum effort. Maximum effort. I heard about maximum effort. I don't know if for those who have seen the movie Deadpool. Yes. In the first Deadpool movie, he jumps off the bridge and he goes, maximum effort, before the first big action scene of the movie. And uh, it got me thinking, in life, what does maximum effort mean? So I want to talk about a couple of things, you know, bringing maximum effort to the table. The movie Gladiator, great movie, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, how um, uh, Maximus, who's been, you know, his family's been killed and he's been wronged. He was a general and and now he's a gladiator fighting against, you know, fighting in front of Caesar of the time. He should be dead and he wants the Caesar to be dead and, and every scenario plays out that he should be killed and in every scene of the movie... He gives maximum effort. Yeah, Cheryl Crow really killed that role. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Right. I think. I think it was her no. brother Russell. Oh, oh Russell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Old, older Aaron. brother Russell. So I kind of wanted to bounce things off of you. Like uh, you, you kind of see where I'm going now a little bit. It's mm. pretty. Cr- so Aaron, what would you? I mean, what would be your example? Do you think of maximum effort? Do you have anything that comes to mind? Maximum effort is like giving it your all well would you like a definition yes oh do you have one i do have a rough definition oh because unfortunately there's no webster's definition of maximum effort so what you're saying is nobody has given a maximum effort into defining maximum effort until now folks until Until now. now john potter's definition of maximum effort would be to start with maximum as great, high, or intense as possible or permitted. The greatest or highest amount possible. Or a numerical amount. The school takes a maximum of 32 students. Where you have effort. 
a vigorous or determined attempt. So if you wanted the correct definition of maximum effort, it would be as great, high, or intense of a maximum of 32 students of a determined attempt. <laughs> the limit that we can go to is here. Got it. Well, I mean, like like this week, I, I, uh, I had diarrhea. Um, so I was giving it maximum effort to like keep it in without pooping myself. Did you accomplish your goal? Ninety uh, percent of the time. So ninety percent, Scott. We're gonna go to you. Is ninety percent <laughs> considered maximum effort? Well, no, uh, no. I I tried for a hundred percent, but I was only able to succeed ninety percent. Oh, that's okay. So like, I was I was giving it. Maximus lost maximum the battle. Effort. Maximus got stabbed. All. It's okay. He gave it his all. Yeah, I you gave know, it my he, all. He he at one point <laughs> failed miserably. But, but I mean, he now, gave it his all. <laughs> it's just it's just that ten percent where I didn't. Is but. right. And um, you know, he's currently doing some laundry. Oh no, I've <laughs> I've done plenty of laundry this week, don't worry. So Scott, what there would you go. What, so he's giving maximum effort at his laundry. Right. Yeah. What would that bring up for you? Does that bring anything to mind? <laughs> Well, that particular no, no, situation no, not does diarrhea. not bring <laughs> maximum <laughs> effort. Thirty-two students. Maximum effort. I was what the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, the Terminator from Terminator Two. Maximum. He gave maximum effort. You know, right down to the end when he's melting away into the lava, hot and metal pit, whatever you want to call it, and he gives the old thumbs up. Yeah, it might be a little unfair advantage being a robot. Yes, probably. But hey, we can aspire to be greater than what we are. I think the the term of maximum effort can go multiple ways, but I think sometimes when we are giving our all, when we're giving maximum effort, like we can develop superpowers. Like we're not ourselves. Mm. For instance, one time uh, there's a story about my father who, uh, you know, he's driving with his younger brother with a wrecker down the road. And an engine block, which was on the back of the wrecker, falls off the wrecker. And my dad, in a moment of effort, a moment of just sheer willpower, grabs right onto this engine and tosses it <laughs> onto the back of the wrecker. <laughs> and I don't know if, I mean, anger, I feel, could drive a little bit of maximum effort. But he should not sure. have been able to. Like, how much is a, oh, an engine block weigh? More than he was probably capable of lifting. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about that? I mean, like, I feel like it could the effort that we give develop maybe like a placebo effect? Oh, for sure. 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 Yeah. No, I, I feel like there are definitely times where shows that I've been in, I'm giving it more than I can actually give. I, I'm calling the director probably too much where they're getting annoyed and I'm like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? How about this? Can I do this? Are you all right with this? Should I should I do more? And then they're like, um, "No, Aaron, you're you're doing all right. Thank you." You're, just, Aaron, Aaron, you're not even in the show. What the heck, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing here? <laughs> but no, that's maximum effort. I like that because um, you're just not satisfied. You wanna you wanna go. You wanna be better. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's okay. I also have a scenario where I was thinking too. So uh, when Rachel and I first moved in together, my, Rachel, my wife, we uh, purchased a Wii and we had Wii Sports. 
And I went to bed to, you know, come down around three o'clock in the morning to get a glass of water. And Rachel's sitting there playing basketball <laughs> by herself because she wanted to hit that high score. And she's sitting there frustrated as all get up, throwing the, the remote towards the TV, trying to hit the high score. And uh, I feel oh, like at some point, I mean, we might lose ourselves a little bit giving maximum effort. I feel like sometimes it can kind of take over. And <laughs> at that point, I don't know if it was a, a positive thing or not. But I agree there. I think um, when I get into a, doing a show that I'm trying to give my maximum effort and everybody there really appreciates that. But then I've got somebody at home who says, hey, you got, I need a little effort over here. So that's a that that can be a struggle to be given maximum effort in all aspects of your life. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, not to bring it down any, but no, yeah. I think like, that's a good it's a good place to be because uh, when you're down, you got to bring it back up. So I believe we have a special guest with us today. What? Yeah, well, our our special guest is uh, our producer of our show. She is a wonderful lady. She is very talented, very organized, where we are not organized. Super organized. Not us. No. No. Yeah, no, she is. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Uh, I was just making sure. We're we're a bunch of spazzes. For sure. And uh, she's very talented. She's been in a lot of musicals in the area, around the world. Maybe not the world. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneur. She she has her own business, making fantastic candles. She's Uh, a social media presence, right? Do you you want to introduce her? No, I'm (laughs) trying to figure out who she is. So, like, help us out. (laughs) Well, I'm getting there. Anyways, she uh, is married to a very handsome man. Who? Um, A a guy named Aaron. it might be me. Yeah, no, it, it is it, me. It, no, yeah. it, it's him. It's, oh, okay. it's me. All right. Yeah. No, she's married to me, um, and she's very lucky to be I'm married <laughs> to you. <laughs> just he couldn't no. even say it without laughing, folks. <laughs> All right. Who do we have with us? We have Janelle Raven, the the, the wonderful Woo! the the. Uh... Oh, dang it! That one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Janelle. Hi, John. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. No, we're super happy to have you. I mean, typically, you know, you'll be more behind the scenes. Contrary to popular belief, you probably don't enjoy being front and center. I do not. I actually enjoy being behind the scenes a little more sometimes. So it's nice. Why did you sign on to do this with us? (laughs) Well, when I signed on, I didn't exactly realize that you'd be giving me a mic immediately. So here I am holding a microphone <laughs> almost against my will. Not really. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you guys. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Made for radio. Oh, shucks. I'm blushing. You can't see it, but I'm blushing. <laughs> I find it super interesting that you have, you know, been on stage and been such a huge presence, but really in real life, you'd much rather be, you know, you're more to yourself and you one of you're more of an introvert oh yeah i'm definitely an introvert um my ideal night is me curled up with a blanket and the cat on my lap and watching some good tv with aaron but you know i uh i like to to come out and play with everybody every now and then and believe it or not um i was 
very extroverted when I was younger. And that's actually how I kind of got into doing theater. So it just is natural at this point. It's, it's not difficult to get into that headspace anymore. Now you've heard, you've heard our topic that we've been talking about a little bit. You've been here with us. Maximum effort. Maximum effort. What does that mean to you? You've heard our situations. You've heard, you know, every little scenario I brought up. Is there anything that strikes you when it comes to maximum effort? Oh man. I mean, I just, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I do feel like I try to give my maximum effort to everything that I do personally, you know, like, um, I own a candle business and, and I try to do my best over there and, and pump out constant content and, and new stuff all the time. And, and I carry that over to my personal life and I try to give as much as I can to relationships and also my theatrical life a little bit too. I would, I would definitely say that as one of those people, hopefully, you know, in that circle, you would consider that you do, you bring the effort to the table. Thank you. I kind of want to talk a little bit about your history. I mean, obviously, we said the podcast is about local theater. Yeah. Um, so I, I would just kind of hope that you would go through your history a little bit with us. I mean, I know some of the roles you've had, but uh, yeah. Do you have? Do you want to kind of just introduce? Sure. Your history? Um. So yeah, I I have been a part of local theater in some capacity over the course of the last. 20-ish years, so I've had it a part of my life since childhood. Um, My parents very smartly uh, thought that community theater would be a good outlet for me when I was a kid, and I I think that they were correct in that assumption. And um, so my first foray into theater was at Lake Region Community Theater, and I did several shows over there. I was in Oliver Twist and The Wizard of Oz and pretty much all through my childhood and younger years I was just in ensemble roles you know and I was primarily a singer and I just like I didn't understand why the ensemble was kind of what I I felt relegated to but in all of those scenarios when I was a child and acting like I just felt really blessed to work with these amazing, like prestigious directors like uh, Jerry Walker and uh, Richard Mayo over at Lake Region Community Theater that they they never treated us as lesser because we were children and they Mm. never treated us as lesser because we were in the ensemble and the same expectations were brought forward for the younger players and the ensemble players as they were for the leads. And so I just really got this great like work ethic kind of drilled into me at a young age and like, okay, if you want to do this, you know, you've seen what successful actors do. They show up on time. They know their stuff. Mm -hmm. They do their research. And so all of those things that I saw and like, you know, I had the big googly eyes for when I was a little kid. Yeah. And of course I wanted to be that. I wanted to to step out of the ensemble and, and to really shine because that was, you know, as an extroverted, very theatrical child. So yeah, um, all of those values were kind of drilled into me. And so um, I kind of left the theater world when I went to college And I actually had the opportunity to take some really cool acting courses and really hone my craft and figure things out. And so when I came back to the area, 
unemployed, newly engaged to Aaron and just looking for something to do after college, I just kind of jumped right back in with the uh, Oxford Hills School Community Broadway show. And I jumped in and did Susical. I got my first mm. lead role there. I played Sour Kangaroo. She's a, uh, a Dr. Seuss character, if you're unfamiliar, and she's very sassy. And then from there, it just kind of turned into this thing where I just wanted to be a part of everything and have my hands in everything. So, uh, yeah, the, the same summer I auditioned for a production of Sweeney Todd and it was actually, um, the summer that Aaron and I were due to get married and I was like, Hey, there's this show that I really, really love and I want to do it. Um, do you think we'll be able to swing it with the wedding and everything? We were getting married in late July and he is just the most supportive guy, I yeah, have to I, say. I said, "What? when is, when is the show? <laughs> uh, August 6th. <laughs> Remind me again when we're getting married. July 19th. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So um, I went out for it. And honestly, I really was just expecting to maybe get an ensemble role. And I was okay with that. I was honestly like so hyped. And I just love the music of Stephen Sondheim so much. And, um, I went into the audition and I had a conversation with the director, Ethan Wright, and I sang through the part. And then suddenly I was getting the phone call that he wanted me to play Joanna, which is the young female lead in the show. So I had a leading role in a super difficult musical and I was planning a wedding. So we got married on July 19th. And then we went on our honeymoon. We came back. We had tech week. And then we opened. And okay. that was okay. that was pretty crazy. <laughs> can, can I just say, <laughs> that sounds like maximum effort to me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of really hard work. And I think that that is a good example of maximum effort because it was really hard to play a romantic lead when I was also concentrating on my soon-to-be husband and to learn all that super difficult music and singing in a vocal range that I just had never tapped into before. I mean, this is like super high soprano, really high notes. And uh, yeah, I just went for it. And it was it was a great time. So from there, I did a few other shows. Um, I've played lead roles. I've played ensemble roles. Let's and, talk about some of those lead roles. Yeah. yeah what, uh, I mean, you say lead roles. How? What are we talking what, about? What, yeah. Before we get to that, did we say what uh, Sweeney Todd, who who that was with? It was with the Nzinska Valley Community Players okay, over yes. in Buckfield, Maine. And that was um, <laughs> that used to be headed up by Ethan Wright. And he's a pretty fantastic director. Yes, amazing guy. Yeah. So, John, did you have any specific things that you want me to talk about? or? Yeah. I mean, w- when it comes to lead roles, I mean... I kind of feel like you're underselling yours. I mean, you've had some pretty amazingly... I have played some real dream roles for me. Um, So I said that one of my first musicals I ever did was The Wizard of Oz. I was a munchkin. So I literally was just in that first scene. And then I disappeared and played games downstairs with the kids for the rest of the show. You know, and (laughs) I just remember watching the girl that was playing Dorothy. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I would just love to do that someday. Like it just looked so magical and fun. And like Judy Garland, I mean, the Wizard of Oz movie is just a classic. Mm. So Wizard of Oz comes around at the uh, Oxford Hills School Community Broadway show. I really, really wanted to play Dorothy, but I was like, I'm not going to get my hopes up because 
I went to auditions and I found out that something like 150 people tried out for the show. I mean, it was crazy for, it for was our insane. little tiny community. Yeah. I mean, the excitement was just like, it was palpable. It was, I mean, you could just feel it in the room. And, you know, so I go in and I sing and I was like, I think I did a good job. I don't know. And then they, they called me for a callback. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'm probably not going to get it, but it's fine. You know, and I, I mean, this is kind of going off topic a little, but I just feel like I need to talk about the moment. And Scott, you know what I'm talking about. So um, we're at the callback audition and they're trying out different sets of the, what we called the Fab Four, which was Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion. Sure. We're trying out all these different combinations. And I read with so many... combinations of people just to like find the right fit and those chemistry readings are sometimes like my favorite thing to do in an audition Mm. process and I just remember the moment where I was on stage as Dorothy and Scott was on stage as the Cowardly Lion oh you were in that show Dan Rennie I might have been (laughs) Dan Rennie was up there as the Scarecrow and Chris Ivey was there as the Tin Man and it just it clicked and it it was one of the most magical audition moments I've ever had in my entire life. So anyway, yeah, Dorothy, I got the role. Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> and <cool. laughs> uh, that it was my first role that I had ever had where I myself like kind of carried the show. I mean, Dorothy's in all but one scene. Mm-hmm. I think wow. I had so many lines. It was it was absolutely wild, but it was it was so rewarding to be a part of that experience. And that, I mean, for me, that is like the first role that I feel like I, I carry with me now. Like Dorothy is a defining character for me, for sure. Absolutely. And and not only defining, but I remember, because we saw it multiple times, I remember after the fact, seeing all of the little girls. Oh my with gosh. their little Toto, in a little pinning basket. <laughs> there were so many little girls that came to the show in costume. Aww. I've never felt like a celebrity before, but man, like. And you weren't, you were not Janelle Raven playing oh, Dorothy. No. You were the real life Dorothy that they could meet. It was, it was pretty magical to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I had to stay. I mean, just, I mean, to do them justice, I felt like I had to stay in character even during the meet and greet, like after the show, Mm. just because there were so many little kids that were just so excited to meet me. And what do you do? I mean, I don't know. It was, it was pretty crazy and surreal for me, honestly. Um, you have a couple other pretty big roles you've done. Do you want to kind of elaborate a little bit on, you know, what it, what it was like going from Dorothy to, I mean, you were kind of at a hot streak for a while. Yeah. So right after Dorothy, um, the next musical that I did was Into the Woods and I played Rapunzel and that was a pretty, a pretty interesting role, though a little smaller and I, I had a lot of hair to contend with. <laughs> um, I had, I don't know, how long was that wig? It was like 10 feet. I had this fright wig that we had borrowed from another local community theater. And that thing was just a, a nest. It was, it was nasty. I it mean, like it was clean. It was clean. Don't get me wrong. It was, I was, but it was, it was a rat's nest. And that was like part of, I mean, nobody asked me to do it, but I was just like, I can't go on stage <laughs> wearing this nasty thing on my head. So I came 
more than an hour early to every single performance and like most of the the later rehearsals just to brush that thing out because it was gross and i would get hunks of hair and it got caught everywhere i still find it on like old sweaters that i haven't worn in a long time i'll just pull this crazy long hair off i'm like oh there she is there's the puns you (laughs) know but um yeah that role was fun i pretty much just hid in my tower the whole time but um yeah so after the puns um the next summer I heard through the grapevine that the Nizinskit Valley players were going to be doing the little mermaid. And I had, I had shaved my head right before I played Rapunzel (laughs) and smartly. So because I had to wear a wig the whole time anyway, and like, it didn't matter that I had hair or not, but you know, I had, I had like a little Bob that next summer and I was like, there is no way that I'm going to be able to play a mermaid. And the other issue that I had that I don't know if some of you guys know this, but I had gotten my hair dyed. That doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but I had gotten my hair dyed this like crazy, stupid color. And when the hair colorist was washing my hair out, this was like the winter before Little Mermaid. She got water in my ear. And that's something that happens mm. all the time. But it triggered this like crazy severe tinnitus in my ear. I went virtually deaf for months. And like Aaron can attest, yeah. I was I was going nuts. So it was just this loud whoop, whoop, whoop kind of noise in my ears. And it, it just kept getting progressively worse. And so I'm like, I really want to audition for The Little Mermaid. I don't even know like if my ears can handle right music or or hearing a piano or anything and so i was terrified you know i i love auditions i don't get nervous really at auditions i was nervous at that audition and i have to say like i got up on the stage and i see the pianist hit the piano and i don't hear anything Wow. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt the vibrations. I kid you not. I felt the vibrations like in my feet. And I, I knew where she was in the music. And I just start singing. And I can't hear my voice. That's crazy. I don't hear my voice. I feel the vibrations of the pitch like coming up from my throat and vibrating in my ears. And that's all that I could hear. And all that I could do honestly was Mm. just give it the old college try. One could say maximum Maximum effort. effort. I swear I'm not trying to get to these points in these stories, but yes. Okay. Yes. So anyway, I did a great job. I was just almost like someone thought about a theme before we had you on as a guest. Hmm. Amazing. Um, I, uh, I somehow managed to pull it out. I got I got the part. I was cast as Ariel in The Little Mermaid. And that show was really challenging for me in that I was in constant pain because I was on this weird healing journey with my ears. Mm. And it wasn't until probably mid-July that like I was able to almost fully function and even during the performances in august i was still in a lot of pain and there were days where it would regress and and it would be really painful in my ears and the ringing would get really severe 
and I like just wouldn't be able to hear very well. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's another one of those iconic larger than life characters. And all that I could do was just completely immerse myself in it and and just go for it. So I I got to I got to cut in here and say that I was there. And I had no idea any of this <laughs> well, was going on with you. I'm glad None. because I, I mean, Aaron knows like I just would, I would yeah. scream and cry and throw fits and I'd be so mad at my body because it just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it didn't show in the moment, but yeah, that was a really challenging role for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about any other roles or, or are you good? Well, I mean, I think we could sit here for and then we easily hours and hear all yeah. your stories. So, I mean, you have quite the history. Um, I kind of want to talk about a few smaller roles, not to outdo the the larger yeah, roles. Yeah, of but course. You also have some smaller roles that I feel like are just as big as the larger ones. So, okay. Um, and one would be when we did Drowsy Chaperone with Oompa. Right. Because you didn't have a role. In what that show, really, right? Hey, 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 hey. I was maid number six. Beautiful. And lampshade number two. So that's okay. what I want to talk about. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you did not have a defined role when you were cast in that show, correct? No. And that, so Drowdy Chaperone, we were directed by Andy Turner. Yep. At, you know, with Oompa. You were cast as an ensemble role. Indeed. And it, by the end of it, you were no longer ensemble. Can you explain to us why? Well, just to also, this was after... This was immediately following The Little Mermaid. So yeah. Little Mermaid was in August. Immediately. And uh, Drowsy Chaperone was in November. So auditions would have been just a couple weeks after Little Mermaid closed. So I'm like coming off a no, high. No, no, no. It wasn't a couple weeks. Was it a week? No. A day? It was a day. <laughs> was it really? We closed Little Mermaid on Sunday. And we auditioned for Drowsy Chaperone on Monday. Well, clearly I have erased that from my mind for obvious stress reasons. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you went from you being... You might have waited until the, Tuesday to audition, but... Yeah. You went from being the role to ensemble. I know. And that's difficult because when you're in a role that kind of carries the show, there's just this... I don't know. I, I felt a responsibility almost to like learn every line in the show and that that did work to my mm. advantage in both wizard of oz and in little mermaid and if we have time i'd love to tell those stories at some point but um you know i just felt this need to like learn the show backwards and forwards and and to really just like submerse myself in those characters that habit just kind of like rubbed off into drowsy chaperone and so even though i was an ensemble member i just felt the need to know the show backwards and forwards and i i felt in order for me to get into this and have a great time i needed to kind of create a character for lampshade number two and made number six you know because like you know i i just felt like I can't give a genuine performance if if I don't do this. And, you know, I have to say, like, a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't think I'm going to audition because I think I would just get the ensemble again. And I've been in the ensemble and nobody really cares about the ensemble. And I just want to say, like, that is not true at all. I got more compliments 
for being in that show. And I wasn't even like in the front. I was I was like dancing three rows back behind like people that were taller than me. And, you know, you were, you were hidden. Dude. I was hidden the entire show. And, you know, inevitably when you have an I mean, Oompa has a, an audience size that's about a hundred they can fit a hundred in there and inevitably when you're when you're in an audience that big somebody's eye is gonna be on you even Mm. if the lead character is belting their face off right like somebody is gonna their eyes just gonna like wander away and they're gonna see you and if they see you looking down on yourself and looking like, ah oh, man, ensemble again. Like I hate being made number six. This is the worst. I'm not happy at all. They're going to notice that and it's going to take them yeah. out of the show. But if they see you and you're like having the time of your life and you're smiling and you're dancing and you're having a great time and you're just totally in it, then that's going to make the experience for them so much richer. Like the ensemble totally is important. Yeah. And I knew that before that role, obviously, because I had been in the ensemble a bunch of times, but it just, it really sunk in for me after that show when people were like, Hey, I really noticed you and drowsy chaperone. Like you, you had a great time, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I really did. Like this was a blast, (laughs) you know? So that's kind of my story with it. And not only that, but I mean, and we had a great cast in drowsy chaperone and, uh, um, and not to knock anyone else that was in the ensemble, but you could tell as we went, your energy that you brought to your roles rubbed off on other people. I mean, like the, the energy level yes. just lifted. Yeah. And not only did that apply to the ensemble, but it was so nice and refreshing. You know, of course, being Aldafo, I didn't really need to jive off of anyone else, but it was so nice to be in character and to look around the stage and to you were in character. Like if I would have put sat you down for an interview, you would have known the insides and out of your character. Oh, totally. That never yeah. even had a line. Totally. And it was just, it was quite the refreshing thing for me. And it's stood out as one of like, honestly, I mean, when, when people ask about like, I don't know, I, I think it's kind of like your defining role. Oh, that's so heartwarming um, to me. Thank which you. Which is nuts because you've played so many. No, I love I that mean, though. I totally understand what you're saying. Like it, it really did. I think I needed the experience of those bigger roles in order to come back to like come back to my roots almost and do and do this. I I don't want to call it a lesser thing because it's not you're putting just as much effort or I mean, in theory, you're putting just as much effort into being there. There, you should, yeah. you know, there's no small part. There are We've no heard that. small parts, just small actors, you know, So I would actually like to talk about that exact um, saying because earlier today I put out a couple questions on Facebook. No one who knows I didn't put your name or anything like that. I just the question I put out there are what are some ways that you could suggest for an actor or actress to still make a small part come alive? And of course, the first thing people several people said, oh, there are no small parts. Well, whether we like it or not, there are smaller parts. Sure, yeah. And but they don't need to be small, as you've already pointed out. So I kind of want to read a couple statements or comments to you and just kind of get your reaction okay. to those. So one was, the actor should know that the part was written for a reason, to tell the story. Each part is vital to the telling of that story as the author envisioned it. Every actor is important, no matter how the size of the role. 
Then there are additional methods, costume, hair, makeup, hand props, gestures for their characters, personal sense of physical and emotional confidence. Define what you want from the character and go for it. Yeah, I like all of those. Um, I totally agree. Like, I can't think of a single musical that would function without an ensemble. Mm. I mean, the ensembles, I mean, they, they kind of function as like the Greek chorus in a lot of shows um, where they're, they're kind of narrating a little bit. And, you know, right. without that voice of narration, I think a lot of musicals, like the quality would just be garbage or they wouldn't, they wouldn't be understandable, you know? So I, I definitely, I definitely agree with everything that you said, but th- that especially stuck out to me. Uh, I had another person say, do something in it or so as you're the character that is not in your natural character, have your character be left-handed or a toe walker or nervous, excited, <laughs> low self-esteem, a silly laugh, have a letter they struggle to pronounce, <laughs> emphasize the wrong syllable, have them make much more eye contact than necessary, make them clumsy. Don't do all of them, but pick one thing and you'll find by adding that you focus on the character a little more. That's yeah, I think I like that, that I think that those are all really great things. I think that the the thing about ensemble is you you do have a line that you have to tread, right? Where you don't want to be a distraction. You never want to take away from the main action of the story. Yeah. But most shows are written with the function that there's going to be at least one moment where the ensemble really just has their time to shine. Right. And that's the time when I feel like, yeah, bring in those, the different posture and, and maybe ways of speaking or, or, you know, maybe you have a a lazy eye or (laughs) something, you know, and, (laughs) and bring that in and don't go over the top, just, you know, enough. And, and people, people will see that that's happening and, and they'll think, Oh, that person's unique. That's cool. How do you, how do you act a lazy eye? You, you, I got, know that. you can't see me, but <laughs> just, you know, that's, and, and, like and I think everything one. we've talked about so far would be considered maximum effort. Oh, right? for Absolutely. sure. I think it's, it's really easy if you wanted to, to just go baseline and, and just show up and just do the thing. And nobody's going to really fault you for it in community theater. Well, that fits the last comment. Um, and I'm not going to read it out loud. You don't read it word for word. But essentially, they said that it was the director's, and this could be a whole podcast on itself, but it was the director's duty to kind of help each actor with their own character development. And do you think, have you, have you what's your experience with that? Well, I've worked with some really amazing directors who they have, they've got something for everyone, you know, and, and they want, they want you to do all these different things and have all these different characterizations. And then I've worked with a few directors who prefer the loosey goosey approach where they're like, I'm just going to tell you a general place to stand and you just bring whatever you want to bring to the table. I personally fall on the side of like, I would, I would like a director. I'd rather them tell me to do something than not. But I'm also to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bring it regardless. And I've been, I've been in a few roles where I've really been given nothing 
as far as direction or maybe like one thing, you know, you still got to you still have to make it work. You still have to make it fun and and bring something to the table or else you're just going to be standing up there, you know, looking like Gumby, you know? Yeah. I kind of feel like what's what's the point? Why are we doing this if we don't want to give maximum effort? Why, you know, I, I don't know. Why, why are you here if you're just here to phone it in? I think everybody has, has a different motive for, for being a part of theater. But I think some people <clears throat> just genuinely like to sing, you know, or, or they just like to dance. And they're like, right. you know what, I'm just, I'm just here to sing. I'm just here to dance. And, and right. that's what they, they want to give their maximum effort to. And then the rest of it kind of falls to the wayside. And, and I think that um, that's, that's fine. It's community theater, right? Like yeah. there's, there's a place for that. I guess my thought would be though, that when you are giving your maximum effort towards a role or the way that you're, there is some reward to it oh, for sure. And that was kind of the end of my statement was like, you know, it is community theater and, and it's fine to just give that if you want to, but the, the reward from it is probably going to feel a lot less and it, you're going to yeah. see a lot less come back to you from that. Oh, for sure. You know, nice. like you get like people who just want like the easy a definitely You're like I'm, I'm, I'm in the show, you know, or I get the, the final curtain bow, but I also, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to down anybody either, you know? Oh, for and sure. I think that everybody, that's the joy of being in community theater is, you know, it's young people and old people and experienced people and new people and everybody brings something to the table. And if we can just, you know, I, I think I've been in shows where there's been, there's been somebody who's just absolutely incredible. Y- you see that. And then you want to rise up to the occasion to meet them. And those mm. have been some really magical moments where you see somebody absolutely bloom. And, and that could happen at any time. You know, I was in probably like 15 shows, you know, before I really hit that point where I was like, I'm not giving what I want to give. Yeah. And, and I finally hit that point where I was like, oh, oh, you know, and it, it just it just dawned on me. So I definitely don't want to down anybody if they're feeling like, oh, well, I just do theater because I like to sing. You're you're valid, man. You keep doing you. But, you know, <laughs> I think yeah. that people will rise to the occasion and, and the show will just benefit from that. Well said. Right. Yeah. For sure. Very good. Yeah. No. And I I think that when everybody gives the maximum effort, it's the, the benefit is the show. Definitely. As much as we we like to sometimes make you know i played this part i made this role i made everything at the end of the day it's like people go to see the show our goal as you know any part of community theater is to put on the best show that we possibly can definitely the more people we could have at 110 percent each show just makes it that show that much better definitely so janelle we were kind of hoping you'd play a game with us i would be delighted uh, I kind of wanted to talk about characters with maximum effort, <laughs> and this could turn into a, uh, a, a terrible, terrible mess. Okay, so we're so just going around? in front around? of you, you have a list. Okay. And what I'd like to do is I have a contender I'm going to start with. None of you know, and you've never seen this list before. I have a contender that you don't know about yet, and what I'd like to do is go around the room, and you have to pick one name off this list to 
make basically you are this is a courtroom you are trying to convince me that your character brings more maximum effort mm, to the table I get it. than my character i get it all right so let's read the list off we have um wesley from princess bride Azure. thank you we have uh severus Snape from harry potter turn to page 394 that was terrible. I'm really sorry. Beautiful. Uh, we have Tom from Tom and Jerry. Uh, we have Mimi from Rent. Will you light my candle? <laughs> we have Dory from Finding Nemo. Who? Just keep swimming. Just there keep we go. There it is. Uh, let's see. We have Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. You shall not. Pause. We have <coughs> Elphaba from Wicked. Beautiful. Uh, we have Jean Valjean from Les Miserables. I stole a loaf of bread. Prisoner 6424. No, 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 no. Oh. That's, that's Javert. Right, but he, Jean Valjean he said, oh, stole. You blew it. But he's, he, 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 okay, he is prisoner 24601. Yes. But well, that's the, not his catchphrase. He stole a loaf of bread. Okay, fine. Anyway, we have Tony from West Side Story. Maria, I just found a girl named Maria. <sighs> we have uh, we have Kermit the Frog. Uh, you know, Kermit. Yeah, this is Kermit the Frog here. This is Ker- I can't do a Kermit the Frog. <laughs> no, hey, no every, everybody needs to do Kermit the Frog. Do you know? I smell bacon. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I legitimately, I don't think I can. This is Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> this is really bad. Okay, so, hey, uh, why does Kermit sound um, like Ernie? Um, uh, hey. Well, it's the same guy. Oh, wait a minute. What? And then we have Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Where are <laughs> my mother of dragons? Where are my dragons? That's not even her. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the red. Oh, no. You're a ruiner. Anyway, so I am going to start with my pitch, right? Right. <sighs> Buzz Lightyear. Now, I think mm. that of all characters, of all situations, Buzz Lightyear brings the maximum effort to a situation. Hear me out. He is a toy, but he doesn't buy it. All the situation in front of him says, you are a toy. And no, he brings that effort to the table. And he's a space ranger. Even when he has the tea party and, you know, he's sitting there and all the situations and he's years of academy training wasted. And he's just, he brings so much effort to the table. Even when situation looks completely dire, his arms off. Yeah. He's in Sid's house. I, I get I get where you're coming from. So, sure. so Janelle, beat it. Okay. Well, first of all, Buzz Lightyear is a toy, and there is a real Buzz Lightyear, which the movie is coming out like next month. Okay. So right. his knowledge that he is a toy and his buttons are plastic should be taken into account. Uh, however, I'm going to talk to you about Daenerys Targaryen, my queen. The mother of dragons, the breaker of chains, the queen of marine, the unburnt. I mean, come on. What a resume, the right? The fact that you remember all that's of her names impressive. is I impressive. Mean, that's not even all of them, though. When was you know? the last time you watched Game of Thrones? A while ago. What? <laughs> I feel bad for the person that comes after her. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen up, though. Like, that is... 
a heckin' resume if I do say so myself. Like, she literally walked onto the funeral, burning funeral pyre of her dead husband and was not burnt and then comes out with three baby dragons. I mean, come on. Spoiler alert. Sorry. What does that have uh, to do with her effort, though? I mean, she she, she decided to do it. Who just would you just walk into the fire and be like, yeah, I'm going to be fine. If I knew I was fireproof. She, she decided that she was going to break the chains of all the slaves in this like little town that like she didn't have to care about it but she did and then she's like you know what that's not enough for me i want the whole seven kingdoms and then she took it and then game of thrones got really bad so that's my pitch okay aaron yeah up to up to season like eight six seven yeah season eight anyway Aaron, Aaron. that's another (laughs) podcast who's your contender off the list who you're gonna pick Oh my gosh! Off this list, um, it's a great I, list. Isn't it, it? It, I could think of a couple that I would have put on, but that's not the game. I get it. I will pick. I'm gonna pick Gandalf. Oh, you bastard! All right, fine. I will pick. Uh, <laughs> mine is Dory. <laughs> yes. All right. Explain Dory for. Dory's gonna come around at some point, so it might as well be now. <laughs> Beat Daenerys Targaryen with your little fish. Oh my gosh, I can't. Um, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Tom from Tom and Jerry has the dedication of anyone worth their weight in gold. He never once, besides at the end of every episode, gave up <laughs> on trying to get Jerry. I mean, the matter. Like if he got shot, you're talking about, you know, Daenerys, and you're talking about Buzz Lightyear. How many times has Tom died? Should have died. Many, 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 many times. Many times. Okay, fine. But yeah. death cannot hold him. And Tom is not <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's Jesus. I'm just saying that he can get knocked down, but he'll and get he up again. Up again. <laughs> He ain't never gonna keep him down. So Tom is Rocky. I'm, He's I'm, tub thumping. He's <laughs> no, Tom can get hit, can get flattened, can get shot, can get run over, can get be eaten by dogs, can swallow dynamite, and is never satisfied until he gets this little two ounce mouse that hides in a wall my argument though is that he's a cartoon character so what does that have to do with maximum effort yours is too you're talking about buzz lightyear <laughs> janelle said he's real but the real buzz lightyear is still a cartoon it's, it's a thing anyway scott no but your i'm character? saying that like, he can survive because he's a cartoon character you that know doesn't he's... matter he could have given up anytime he could have given up as soon as the first time he got shot but no how many times has he gotten shot? Janelle, look that up. Producer. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. No, I, what I'm saying is no it, matter what, like, yeah, he can survive, but imagine his pain every time that he gets tricked by Jerry. But your argument for Tom being resilient and having maximum effort is the same. I mean, situationally, shot for shot, it's the same as me saying that Wiley e. Coyote. 
Yeah, you no. know, because he would have been wild coyotes not on the list. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's not a unique reason yeah. to That's give maximum saying. effort. Thank you. So maybe I just Different clarified species. what you were well, saying. If, if Wiley Coyote name any Warner Brothers cartoon character was on this list, mm-hmm. I would have picked them too. All right. Okay. Cool. But, Scott, who, uh, who's your contender? All right. My contender by, because I pressured Aaron into changing his <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> my character is Gandalf. Because when he says, thou shall not pass, mm. it, it, he's not going to let the guy pass. The That's dragon, whatever, the the demon, the, 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 the thing, rock. the Balrog, the Balrog, the there you go. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, he's not going to let him pass, and he's going to do everything, and he's going to pull out everything in his satchel. And yes. the staff, whatever it takes, he is not going to let them pass because he has one mission and one mission only. And it, and that's to get uh, Frodo the further on yep. to, to where he needed to be. <clears throat> and I think he's rewarded for that because of his passion for uh, giving his maximum effort. One could say, though, that. He just was going to become a brighter, more white version of himself if he gave effort. <laughs> I mean, he, did, he didn't well, know but that. But he wasn't going to unless he Sorry, gave I'm, I'm, I'm the helping maximum Scott effort. <laughs> I'm helping your case. But he went from gray to white. So do most people. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that either. <laughs> So that's your case he, for Gandalf? That's that's my case for Gandalf. So that was your game, John. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we... Do we need to go around one more? Do, do I, I win? Did I no, win? I'm pretty sure Janelle just won. Oh, I, think, cool. I think Janelle won. I don't think we need to go around again. Yes. I, I can't I've, picture... I've got nothing to compete with that. I can well, yeah, you. I can't see how anyone else on the list would have... I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure you won, Janelle. Yes! So, what do I win? Uh, there is a prize. <gasps> And the prize is, get ready for it, drum roll, please. Oh, that's, that's not a drum roll. <laughs> Pretend it is. All right. Because you. you, 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 you. Put, put it in post. Janelle, you get to be our executive producer for the show. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, I think we needed a little more, some yeah, Probably. a little more something to celebrate that Janelle Raven is our executive producer for the Backstairs podcast. How about this? Mm, you really yes. need to get better with those. Uh, cues. No, I'm sorry. Aaron, we're gonna sorry. have to. We're gonna have to mark those. Give, <laughs> give them a little mark on what, what <laughs> what's what. You know. I'll Whatever. have some show notes for you afterward. <laughs> I need them. So, Janelle, we've talked about your theater history. We've yeah. talked about what maximum effort means to you in a large role, small role. Sure. Uh, we played a game where you just kicked the schnoz out of us with, you know, limited resources. Thank you. Um, I just kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe talk about, you know, the the maybe where you go from here, right? I mean, like, you obviously have so much history that we haven't heard about. We yeah. can go on for, you know, Forever. for a long time yeah. talking about that, <laughs> and uh, you'll we'll hear much more from Janelle as the episodes go by for sure. Um, but I just kind of want to give you kind of the open stage to talk about, you know, where you see yourself 
what you see yourself maybe doing next. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm really honored to be working with you guys here at the pod. And I think that we're going to have some some fun together. But as far as community theater goes, you know, I'm I'm kind of sitting pretty comfortably in a little bit of a hiatus. You know, for me, this whole thing is it's a sum of experiences. Right. And it for me, it's all about learning and growing in every role that I take, whether it's on stage or behind the scenes. I really just want to leave that situation having learned something and, and grown a little bit as as a person, as a performer, as you know, a, a stage manager or, or what have you. Right now, I kind of feel like I'm learning the value of setting boundaries, the value of of saying no, because that's that's a real thing is I think people get on this high of like, I want to do every show that I possibly can. And I just want to be in it all the time. And that's amazing because it's such a great feeling. But, you know, just for for mental health reasons for yeah. for reasons of caring for yourself and, and caring for your spouse, per se, or or, you know, what have you. Sometimes we have to say no. You know, I just had that experience where a show that I was in got canceled due to COVID. Um, We were like three weeks out and I got the phone call at the beginning of this year saying we're back on and we want to offer you your rollback. It was really hard to say no, but I knew that it was the right call for me at that time. I had had a, a super rough mental health winter and I just knew that I needed to step back and you know I we just saw the show the performances of this show it was all shook up the Elvis Presley musical yeah and we just saw it this last weekend and you know I'm not gonna lie like there was a little a little tender secret sadness watching it Mm. knowing that 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 was me you know and knowing all that I had brought to the character I was one of the leads knowing all that I had had given it in my time in the show and I that show for me I never got to see the spotlight but there was also this real overpowering joy just watching them yeah and knowing that because I stepped aside somebody else who maybe didn't get the opportunity to shine previously was able to do that in the role that I had yeah. given up i i really want to lean into being a better audience member to being a better uh patron of the performing arts and to just be like the most supportive person that i can as i take a break for my mental health and that's not to say that you won't see me on the stage in the future maybe or behind the scenes but i definitely I've learned the value of saying no. That's the lesson that I'm that I'm getting out of this season. And I think that's an important one. Yeah. Thanks. Being the patron is a very important role. I think that you have to you have to see theater in order to know good yeah. theater and in order to to be able to bring more maximum effort to the theater. So seeing theater, I think, is just as important as being in it. Oh, for sure. And one we- could say that that is an example of maximum effort absolutely so and without the patrons coming to see the shows uh we're not putting on any shows what is it for yeah Yeah. you know it's for it's for the community and i want to be a good member of the community during this time 
I learned so That's much awesome. from going to shows. Just like you can see like, oh, that character made a, an interesting decision. I want to do that next time. Or I would have done it this way and not that way. Yeah. Or, yeah. But, yeah. Totally. It's it's all it's all learning, right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So. Research. Definitely. And just enjoyment, too, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I enjoy myself so much going to the show. Yeah, we we laughed. We had a great time. So yep. I was I was so thrilled to just be there in the seats. Oh yeah, and those were our friends with the the community, the Broadway community musical at the Oxford Hills Comprehensive High School in South Paris. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was directed by Andy, Andy Turner. Turner. And uh, yeah, we had so many of our friends at part of that. So kudos and c- congratulations to all of you. Yeah, bravo, casting yeah, crew. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Of we have course. one final thing. Right. We have not only does he sing and act and dance sometimes, and he's tap danced and he's <laughs> well, he's I mean, roared dancing. and he's been the king and the king and the king and the king. He has questions. Yes. He's known for his questioning, his maximum I, effort when it comes to questions. So here I we have, have. I have a curious mind, and we're going to ask five questions, and we're going to call this part of the show strike i love it right because in in theater uh when you talk about strike we're talking about clearing the stage from the show at the end of the show everybody gets together uh and we tear the set down and we put it all back where it belongs or or throw out the crap and uh, we clear the stage for the next show and that's what we call strike we're going to clear the stage for this show with five questions for Janelle. I'm and ready. I've come up with five questions. <laughs> the first question being, Janelle, since this is a show about community theater. Right. Oh. And about community oh. in general. What does community mean to you? Oh, man. I mean, I think that to define community, it's it's a group of people that are kind of coming together, whether they're brought together by their geographic region or similar interests, but they're all just coming together and, and sharing a common goal or a common thought together. That's how I would define it. It's a great definition. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Second question. What would you tell someone who wanted to get started in community theater who's never done it before? Just do it. You know, the Shia LaBeouf, just do it. Just do it. Do, do it. Nike. The, the Nike. Um, no. Yeah. Just do it. I have so many people come up to me and say, I I wanted to do it in high school and now I feel like I'm too old or, or you know, people, you give a thousand excuses and you mm. can continue to give a thousand excuses or you can just go, just try, like take a chance, Yeah. you know, because you, you could be the next Scott Parsons, he he did that, you know, auditioned for theater as an adult and and made a splash. And now he's a huge part of the community. And Scott, I really think that you're a great example of that. And I'm sure that you guys will talk about that story more later on. But I just I it's never too late or, you know, it's never too early. If you're if you're thinking about getting young ones in there, I, I say, let them do it. Get them involved. Yeah. How old were um, you? And when- I was eight or nine i'm not sure exactly but you know i was pretty young i mean it's harder when you're younger for sure but that involvement just completely shaped 
the course of my childhood and onward, you know, and, and it really taught me some great life skills and values. So never too early, never too late. Don't give up. Keep trying just and just it. make it fun. Just do it. So she was eight or nine when she started. So it's and never you too were early. 89, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I was 46. Our resident grandpa. I, no, there's no way 46. No, really? I was 46. Wow. At Oz. In Wait, Oz. how old are you? You're only 50, you're 52. What? I'm 52. It's true. Holy. I had no idea. I literally did not know you were that old. I am that I old. Was, I would have guessed 40. I thought. Not even. Like, you look great, Scott. Yeah, yeah, that's you what look I'm trying great. to yeah. yes. I thought Oz yes. was like 10 years ago. Keep okay, going. never mind. <laughs> Man. It, w- it seems like 10 years ago, but it was not. Okay. Uh, give me a epic stage fail that oh, you my. were a part of. That, like I failed myself? Not or? necessarily, but you were it, you were associated with the show. You were, you know, it could have been something, you know, something that comes you, to mind. Do you need that, time to think? Because I got one that yeah, I would love to Aaron share. let Aaron share one first while I oh, think about it. Right. I thought this was Janelle's question. It was, is. But, but he can, looked like he really wanted to share. Scott, does your inquisitive mind have room for Aaron's answer as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. So during... Spamala, we, we we all all four of us were actually a part of Spamala. Yeah, that was yes. this this fall we just had um, that with Oompa. Right. My my role I thought would be a really fun thing. There's one song where there's in in the cast recording there's a there's a there's a synthesizer solo. I have a synthesizer and I play synthesizer and I thought it might be fun if my character all of a sudden wheeled out a synthesizer and played a synthesizer just for fun. Like, sure. I think that would be like Giving really funny. maximum effort. Yeah, th- th- that was me like coming up with ideas for the director. And I, and I pitched it and they're like, yeah, that actually sounds like a great idea. So it seemed good at the time during rehearsals. But then during the, the run of the show, all of them went decently well comparatively to one <laughs> where it rolled. they rolled it out. And I have a synthesizer that you need to tune, and I forgot to tune it before the show, so I tried to tune it midway through the show, but it's loud when you have to tune So they roll out the synthesizer. I go up there, and not only do I not start on the right timing for this, the, the solo, but it's also like a half step. like <laughs> not, not a half step, like one-third step. Uh, off tune and I'm just, just like and I hit the first time tar, tar, oh. and I just, I'm just like okay and I wheeled it back out the way I'm like, and that was the end of that and I walked back it was the worst I was like well that was a thing we did I, I have one Scott that right. I remembered okay so I was in a production when I was in high school of how to succeed in business without really trying it's uh, it was put on by Oompa and that show is like it's like a 1960s super stylized really really funny show and I played a secretary mm. and there's this thing in the theater it's it's called a scrim and it's it's like a screen that you can roll down and it, it kind of creates like vignettes when it's lit properly like if you light it 
from one direction, it's just like you can't see through it. Right. And then if you light it from the other direction, you can see through it. So then it kind of looks like stylized. Mm. And they used the scrim a lot in that show. And so it was act two. We had just come off the stage from doing a number and they were rolling up the scrim, like back up into the ceiling. And I was wearing a cardigan and I feel the scrim tug my cardigan and I'm being rolled into the screen and there's literally nothing that I can do to stop it. We're right in the middle of a performance. Like it has to go up because the show is going and I'm just, I just have to let it peel me like a banana. (laughs) Just let it go. And I wasn't able to retrieve the sweater until the end of the show, but I got, I got peeled. Uh, right wow. in the middle of the show yeah. like on stage yeah so it wasn't it wasn't like it happened live on stage like no i don't think anybody saw what was happening but yeah i definitely that's i definitely got funny. rolled up in the scrim that's crazy that's crazy awesome i've never heard that one before that so number four what do you want to see from a community theater podcast well from a podcast like maybe like this podcast from this podcast maybe (laughs) maybe from this one any community theater podcast that you can think of i mean this being the the number one yeah community theater podcast yeah i think what i enjoy sometimes the most about theater people is they always have a story to tell because that's just the nature of doing it live you know, it, there every performance is going to be different. There's always going to be a fail, even if you do everything right according to the book. Um, there's always going to be something that happens. A toilet's going to break on the stage, or you know, th- there's always <laughs> antics and mishaps, and every cast has different chemistry. And I just think that those stories hold so much value. And there's something in that that's funny and relatable and touching and and there's just something for everybody in that so i'm looking forward to hearing you guys interview some more guests and really just like dive in as far as that goes yeah stories are fantastic i love hearing people's stories absolutely yeah absolutely that's what i'm all about and with our last question the wrap up on strike number five i did not give her a heads up on this question oh no here it is here we go Ariel or Dorothy? Oh. Hear me out. One of those, you had to look at Scott's chest the whole time. And one, you didn't have to look at his chest. Well, in both shows... Sweaty. In both shows, Scott was pretty sweaty. Yes. So... On that level, they're about the same. Because one, he's wearing a lion suit, which is basically a carpet. Yes. And the other one is just chest hair. Which is basically a carpet. (laughs) 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 So so on that level, they're pretty comparable. Um, I did get to see Scott in like fish netting in The Little Mermaid um, as opposed to the lion costume. Um, although in the, in the wizard of Oz, Dorothy did wake up at the end of the show when she's back in Kansas and right off stage to the side, if you just turned your head just a little, you'd see the three guys, the, the lion, the tin man and the scarecrow, like just standing there, like in their undies, like getting hosed down <laughs> to come back out as the farmhands. So, you know, I, I saw a lot. I've seen a lot of that you, was, Scott. That was the pit crew. Yeah. Um, which anyway, is another story. I think 
I mean, they were both amazing roles and they both touched me in really different ways, but there's a dog. Um, <laughs> dog no. The dog's back. It's, it's, anymore. it's a sign. It's um, a, dog, a dog barked. So um, I th- I'm going to take it as a sign. I, I think Dorothy was like definitely the role for me that, that felt. There's no place like home. It was, I mean, it was a pretty magical role and and despite how great little mermaid was and how amazing it was to sing those parts because dorothy's not really a singing role it's an acting role and ariel's Mm. more of a singing role but i think that dorothy really taught me a lot and that's that's something i'll take with me it's it's definitely one of my favorite school community broadway shows that they put on there was a lot of love put into it and you guys put on like extra shows like you get you guys like, we, we added a fourth show to that. But we added another show for Little Mermaid too. So again, it's comparable. That's true. Oh you my know, gosh. yeah. There, there's a lot of parallels there. But I'm, yeah. I would go, I would go with Dorothy just by by a hair. I mean, and it's also and by a chest hair. The by, wizard. by one Scott <laughs> chest hair. The Wizard of Oz. I mean, like right. it is the show. It is. I mean, pretty iconic. It's very. It iconic. could be the worst production, and you would have, like, I'm not saying anything against yours, but like. There's something about the name, and for you guys to be a part of that, and not only be a part of it, but kill it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. great. So. Cool. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I, for one, I'm super happy we started our first episode with the fabulous Janelle Raven. Oh, thanks, The guys. wonderful. The maximum effort queen herself. Oh, man. Any parting wisdom for us? The fork goes on the left. And with that, nailed it. This has been an episode of the Backstairs Podcast. My brain. The Backstairs Podcast. The The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. This has been the Backstairs Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Backstairs Podcast, on Facebook at the Backstairs Podcast. Send us an email at the Backstairs Podcast at gmail.com. Redacted. Redacted.